1: Lucky Lefty podcast we spin a different special guest getting ready to join us right now. He is a former Notre Dame linebacker. He is a member of the 1988 national championship team. He is one of the best ambassadors for Notre Dame football and the University of Notre Dame. And we want to welcome him into the Lucky Lefty podcast right now none other than Wes Pritchett. What's up Wes? how are you doing
2: i'm doing good how are you hey malik how how was the holiday too short <laughs> that was it was right. good i had a good time it was real actually i i uh i didn't do very much i was gonna go out of town and then i ended up hanging around here and playing golf and going to the pool and hang going to a barbecue i've got my uh i've got Two boys that are getting recruited in football, and so we're getting ready to go on a big, uh, like the next two weeks. I think I go to eight camps or something like that with the boys. Oh, yeah, the whole different world than what I grew up in. I can tell you. Oh that. yeah, it's, it's, it's different. To nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So before we get to that, how did you shoot? How did you shoot this weekend? I played pretty well. I mean, I'm a four handicap nice so i take it pretty seriously <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah thanks i think malik and i when we go on the course where we, you can just call us handicaps like we, yeah, we, yeah, we you
2: No, know, i look I, i've been as high as a 15 I, I grew up playing golf though so my my somehow i, I don't know i'm a i'm a contradiction i i was a, i was grew up playing golf and then i played inside linebacker so i, I don't know how that works um And I loved golf. Golf was probably my second favorite sport. So,
1: your story. So we were going to save this until the end of the interview, but with your experience and securities, we want to play a game called buy or sell with you because you opened the door for it. I got that
2: figured out. You buy high, you sell low. Absolutely, yeah. That's right.
1: how How things have changed from a recruiting standpoint. Are you buying or selling the way things are now? And recruiting versus how they were when you were being recruited. I
2: mean, I think I'm just accepting. You know, I can't – I don't have time to figure out what's right or wrong. I've got – you know, it's just – what I'm trying to figure out is, first of all, what's the process? Yeah. Well, how do these kids get these stars and all this stuff? Like, you know, you're talking about – you're talking about – I mean, you've got – all the two thousand and twenty five kids classified. Really? You got ninth graders ranked already and for top three hundred. You know what I looked like in ninth grade versus what I look like my senior year? I mean, I, I grew I probably grew, I'm not even joking, probably ten inches and gained forty pounds. I mean, you know, it's it's a little frustrating. I, I think you you have to be in big immediate attention, um, to or have some kind of pedigree or you know, I, we just didn't know. My kids are really good in lacrosse as well. So they. And I didn't know anything about that sport. So I had to. That whole process is even weirder than football. It's all about the club teams and the two or three tournaments. And I a junior and we spent his whole sock Get camps. I mean, getting in these, ter- playing on these national teams and playing on these like, in these lacrosse tournaments. He offers in Division One lacrosse, and then he tells me this summer that he wants to play football. After we've, they, so,
3: did the whole thing.
2: Soft here. We should have been going to these. So the football camps are huge. So you go up and you go to Notre Dame and Wisconsin or whoever, you know, you get invited to or you want to be invited to, and you make sure there's your end zone evaluation, if you will. And so, um, you know, he missed all that. tape. I mean, I've never seen – I haven't seen a better tape yet. This kid's tape is unbelievable, but I mean, who's he playing against? So he being long long story short, he tore his ACL in March. So now he's already had the surgery around his rehab. I don't know what the hell because he still got offers from like Air Force, Army, Navy. he was getting a lot of interest from Power 5 guys, and now he's kind of on the back burner. So now I may reclass him. So I don't know what I'm, I'm – that's a long-winded way of saying, I don't know how the hell this – somehow slide four stars up 100, you got it made. Once you get a Power 5 offer, you tip make That yeah. first offer, and then these guys all fall in line. I mean, you know, my kids ask me how I got recruited. I mean, this is the honest to god truth. I have no clue. Started. <laughs> hell, one day, I don't know how the hell Clemson and Georgia and Notre. I really have no idea how I got recruited. We didn't do anything. You know. So now it's you have your Twitter account. You have to. your your DM DMing constantly you're updating constantly i mean and i told my kids i said take a step back this is your first job interview you got to go sell yourself what is your dad i've been selling myself for 55 years i haven't had very much to sell and i still sold it so you guys have talent now it's you got to go out there and make these people believe Yep. have to yep Do they think, like- yeah that's that's a really good idea then their girlfriend calls and they leave so <laughs> i tell you what though, I have spent more time and effort on this shit than I ever dreamed I would. But you know, at the same time, my buddy's like, Yeah, well, you're trying to get a free education. I said, Yeah, that's a good point. So I guess I'll look at it like a seven hundred thousand dollar commitment. So I'm gonna do it.
3: That's right. I mean, in the 75 up.
2: grand a year, brother.
3: It's <laughs> going it's not 80- an easy thing. <laughs> Go to 80. 80- and you know what's crazy is that you're right, recruiting is is it's kind of like the NIL stuff. It's the wild, wild west. There's not a lot of direction on where to where to even start at. But do you find yourself kind of I don't know, like being more invested in trying to get your guys motivated with so many different distractions now? That is way different than when we were getting recruited, for sure.
2: Well, I I was t-shirt and a pair of shorts to work out in when i was at notre dame even 10 15 years later when you guys played at least you had like a pair that i'm not joking when lou got there about six months in we finally got an adidas sweatsuit that had an interlocking nd is the only one I've ever are you are serious? so you know I think my kids, you know, in high school right now, the NIL thing is not anything that they're. That's they just want to play. They want to live their dream and play. I think in a power five school. So, um, for them, they're not at the level even thinking about NIL. They just want a spot on the team, which I think is great. Now that, uh, but yeah, the world we live in. I mean, I've had. and you know, we I raise money for people and we I, I understand a little bit. Um this NIL thing, you talk, I mean, this is Pandora's box on steroids. <laughs> Pandora's box, and they opened up um, you know, all the things that we were trying to protect in amateur athletics. Um there's no regulation or rules or order. I mean you can do. You just totally vague name, image, likeness, and any clown in the world can come in and hand you supposedly money for you doing, shooting a commercial. Yeah. And then there's like, well, you got to be with market value. Well, market value is what somebody will agree. So how do you argue if some guy pays this guy, whether it's egregious or not? Right? Yeah. So. I, mean, I, I don't, I, I think it's killing me. I mean, you, you do something and it seems to be going pretty, you know, and made that decision? And we're in high school, which you know they're going to do. The and the and the ACC can legally buy kids now. They are going to. Yeah. They're
3: definitely gonna buy them.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey Wes, we're gonna ask you to see if you can reconnect because you keep dropping in and out a little bit. I don't know really? not a better signal you can get in the, in the house
2: or. I, I've got a full signal. Let me try. I'll, I'll leave and come back.
1: Okay. Yeah, we hope to get them back and hope to get a better signal and uh, bring them back in immediately.
3: Yeah, the crazy story but definitely. The fact that they, yes. They just got a suit, Adidas suit. I was about to say that. The craziest <laughs> one of those whole story is that they had to convince him to get just one, just one with the interlocking ND. Now I thought we complained about them being stingy in the equipment room because I'd be like, "Hey man, you got all those sweatshirts and shirts, black nigga. Go you know, right. slide something to my little my little cubby hole, right." I couldn't imagine if we didn't get nothing. What are guys what you would have guys not having nothing to wear right now? Right. If we didn't have team issue gear as school for some of those guys.
1: Man, that is amazing. I can't wait. Hope he comes back in and the signal is stronger. Cause I need to ask a couple of Lou Holtz question based upon Pete Burchis told us they practice an hour on concrete, bro. That... <laughs> yeah. That blew my mind. Like What? Concrete. He's like, the only thing we didn't do was tackle to the ground. And it's amazing.
3: That's worse than AstroTurf.
1: You might be right. The original AstroTurf. The The fields they play on now, the fields these kids play on now feel like pillows. Like, I tell you all the time, every time I walk into the practice facility at at, at Notre Dame, it's like, yo, this is crazy. This is crazy. (laughs) I feel like you yeah, it it's, a,
3: it's crazy because it used to be just the practice field there. Now it's this mm-hmm. big mausoleum, coliseum thing. And, like, it's cool because, like you said, you go in there and take a nap on the turf.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely.
3: I don't know how guys mm-hmm. even get hurt no more. You falling on a soft cushion like that.
1: Man, and it's amazing. It's connected to the rest of the facilities, the lacrosse team baseball field everything is fantastic and the baseball team a lot of people felt like they can't get or they can't host the super regionals because the facilities aren't big enough to host the crowd that the NCAA wants and they're talking about Notre Dame might end up having to improve you know that part of the facility as well so it's going to be very interesting to see how these kids come in this weekend or this month, and they look at these facilities because, like you said, they're vastly improved from the way you see them. And Wes is going to join us again. Hey, guys. All right, we got you. So, this this is – yeah, we want to get to Lou Holtz. You said – you guys got an Adidas tracksuit. finally after he came. And I want to talk about the 1988 season, which eventually led to the last national championship at Notre Dame. And most people will go to the big matchup against the Miami Hurricanes. But there was a team that would play a pivotal role in that season for not only you guys, in week one, but they almost ruined the importance of the Miami game in the middle of the season. And most people don't realize that Miami went up to Michigan, and Michigan had a 19-point lead in that game before a furious comeback by Miami, right before they become the South Bend, which would have basically ruined like the buzz mm-hmm. of that game and that matchup in South Bend between you guys and Miami. But I said this to Malik. I said, I'm going to ask Wes, because I remember as a teenager, my heart was probably beating faster during the Michigan game than it was during the Miami game. I think people people forget just how good that first game against Michigan was when you guys came away with that 19-17 to 17 win.
2: You know, um, that game always set the tone for um... – the season, and that was yeah. you know I mean the heyday of Bo Shembecker. Michigan was loaded. They were huge. I mean, every game we ever played, the first play of the game when those offensive linemen broke the huddle and came up to the line of scrimmage, you're just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Still, the big team I've ever on the field, I've included. I've never they had Jumbo Elliott was one tackle. And the other tackle, the guy was bigger than him. Skrepnik, him up. He's like 6'7", 325. I mean, they were just freaking monster. <laughs> and, you know, they had big 235, 40-pound fullbacks. And I mean, it was just – if you go back and watch that game, it literally was just – we just stood it, like two bo- two heavyweight boxers standing in the middle of the ring and just punching each other. There was no – you know, a trick play was a like counter.
3: Oh, goodness. I mean, oh, my goodness.
2: Tight end. It wasn't,
3: it wasn't no tricking about it. It was, we're going to run you over.
2: This is what we're, this is where we're running, stop us on both sides (laughs) of it. And, uh, you know, they had a good kicker too. I think the guy's name was Gillette.
1: Yeah, Mike
2: Gillette. Uh, And, uh, I'll never, we're winning 1917 with like 30 seconds left. I'll never forget it. And Lou calls us, so it's like a 40, it wasn't, a, it was 40-something. It wasn't like 49, though. It was probably like 42, 44. <laughs> and Lou calls us, oh, they're going to miss it. They're going to miss it. They sure as hell did. And uh, we and we win that game. And you're right. That was that was huge. And by the way, supposedly, I, I don't know if this is right, but I think we beat Miami 31 to 30 that year. Right. And I Michigan 31 to 30. Yep. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's wow. correct. Crazy. Crazy game. Yeah.
3: So that game wasn't even, it wasn't a football game. That was a fight. Cause you're not trying to even scheme. You're that's just saying
2: we're. <laughs> we got in that game for. Which I've never even heard of. Like, you gotta, I got to be, I went back. I watched it only because I wanted to see. I mean, it looks like we were playing with leather helmets. It seems so long ago. I mean, I think the wide receivers were in three-point stances.
1: (laughs) I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time ago. But, yeah, that game for us, Wes, you know, when I look back at it, I remember my heart beating so much faster just watching that game because it was back and forth, heavyweight fight. You know, you guys guys threw the early haymaker with the punt return by Ricky Waters. The crowd went crazy. Michigan comes back. They take the lead. You guys come back and take the lead early in the fourth quarter. Michigan comes back. Gillette kicks the field goal to go up 17-16. And then you guys come back and run right down the field and take the lead. And Michigan still has, like you said, a little bit over
2: a minute left. Well, we also kicked four field goals in that game. We couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Yeah. That was also Tony Rice's first. No, he had started the year before. And and I also think that, um, you know, we were really – the thing that's the most interesting about the 88 team Mm – is um we had something like I gotta go back and count it, but it was like eight or nine first year starters that were sophomores. Would you like to hear who they were? Yeah. Roll call <laughs> todd light, Pat wow. Terrell, Dan Smigala, Chris Zorich, uh Jeff Alm. Yeah. Tim uh, Grunhardt, Braxton Banks and Anthony Johnson, Ricky Waters, Rocket Ishmael was a freshman, uh, Tim Ryan, Andy Heck. I mean, dude, are you kidding me? Like with if, all of that being if, said. If nobody knew, you know, you got not half of the team Shit. More than half, yeah, were your starters that were great.
1: Yeah, (laughs) so did you guys have the mentality because this is Lou's third season, he's 13 and 10, that's his record going into this season. Did you guys have a mentality with like the new stars and everything like we're a national championship team from the jump when you were going through camp?
2: I don't think anybody on that team thought we were national champions, I think we thought we were really good i think we had really started buying into lose you know it takes it's it's a mindset as much as anything mm-hmm. to learn how to win again and believe and trust in the process you know you hear saban talk about that all the time it's blue was the same way um and i think when we won the michigan game we knew we were good uh, and we all, you know, that game was always close back in those days. I mean, it was a field goal at the end of the game every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, Miami was the, the 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 pinnacle of college football back then. I mean, they had right. they had won. I don't know the, you know they they were when we played them. I don't think they lost in two years. I don't know what the streak was. You know, I was on the team that played down there in Jerry Faust's last year that got beat 58-6. They, they blocked a punt with a minute left and threw a touchdown. I mean, they – I hated Miami. Like, when I say hate, it's innate hate, like cut your throat stuff. And um, so, you know, when that whole fight thing broke out in the middle of the, the beginning of the game, I mean, that game, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to us because we weren't backing down to them and we were going to play – you know, I broke my hand in the first quarter of that game, taped my fingers together, had 14 tackles. I never even dreamt of coming out of that game. Yeah. Bro- no, I didn't break my finger. I broke my hand. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I I remember, I, I knew it was broken. I looked at it and I couldn't feel it. And I ran over to the sideline and told Jim Russ to take my fingers yeah, together ran back in.
3: Now, what does that do for you now? Like going back in mentally, are you thinking about the club now? Is it like hurting every tackle, or like how are you working through it? Or you're trying to like mentally block it out? Because, like, for me, I'll probably be like, I'm done.
2: (laughs) You're playing quarterback. I didn't, all I thought about was I'm going to hit some fucker in the face. (laughs) Dude, I'm going to tell you, when I say we were hard, I don't think people understand how hard we we had some mean bad dude. On our team, and I, I would hope to think that I was sort of leading the charge. But I mean, Zorich, me, I mean, all everybody, even man, you go back and watch Todd Light, Pat Terrell, Smigal, <laughs> these came up and brought it, bro. <laughs> running backs concussions. I'm so serious.
3: so so the penalties. So today's game and the penalties would my whole, well. I made would
2: have been a, would have been, <laughs> flagrant, high, leading with the helmet or late. <laughs> But
3: that was just the game back when it was, was, the it game. was, it was quarterback
2: ball. Like, he stands there. You got like three seconds to lay him.
3: <laughs> so Tom Brady wouldn't be playing if 20. Your
2: contact information. I'm not even exaggerating. I'll send you some of my old the old tapes. they everyone, my kids are like, Dad, that's spearing. I'm like, yeah, that's how they toss the to hit right here with the my Oh my
3: gosh, they Dude, were teaching my, that.
2: I have my helmet, my entire the whole front. Of my cage has no plastic on. It. It's all bent and broken off because I hit everybody with my face and my helmet.
3: Oh my goodness! Wow. But they were teaching that though. That was the That's, that was like what, that-
2: what do you mean? You look the you you hit the ball with your face mask. Oh my goodness! Square, And then you know you got to get your shoulder across and drive like you know you get your head to the side. But so the whole tackling low thing wasn't like. Like, you
3: know, You no, see, guys, today I think hitting the our
2: techniques of tackling really were still. I mean, the technique was like if the you know you get your head on the out, you got to get your head across their body. You got to get your head in front and your and shoulders and your, shoulders wrap up and drive.
3: But now you got DBs shooting ankles and and grabbing.
2: They got. It's a totally different, and the kids are also a lot bigger, stronger, faster. You know, I mean. I don't know. It would be interesting to see us line up and play. I don't think they'd know what the hell hit them because be like guys drooling <laughs> they'd be too many and blowing like the first play. <laughs> They'd be blowing snot bubbles and growling and punching them. And I mean they'd be like, what the f-? like now? This is like Neanderthal shit. Like, what is going on? <laughs> so so when our
3: communication on, was different. Y'all wasn't telling yeah. like go to the flat. Oh, get that! A-gap. No, we had no,
2: like, ah. I'm, I'm, I'm counter selling that. We we had guys. We we it was a little bit more sophisticated. Now, Lou's offense was a little bit more sophisticated, but not a whole. I you know I don't have anything to do with the offense. I know our defensive coordinator was Barry Alvarez, and oh we yeah, we're as complicated as we needed to be. The thing is, on defense, we were so good we didn't do anything. We just lined up and played. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Maybe like you know we go man all right you take that guy you take you know, all right we'll lock your asses down all right zone all right what are you gonna do? Yeah yeah so I mean I'm sure I called the signals and that's what's so funny about that year we never we didn't I mean we did some stunts up front and we
3: but that wasn't like that was about it it was like we, we were
2: uh, with you. flex defense and then I mean we had it but we just didn't run it I'll never forget we played Southern Cal you know you forget the Southern Cal game the last game of the year that year. We're number one. They're number two. We're both 10-0 and 0 in the Coliseum. They're a six-point favorite. Yeah. And we send Ricky Waters and Tony Brooks home. Right. Before the game. Right. right. Rusher and leading receiver. Home. See ya. Late to a meeting. Get out. Bye. Seniors voted on it. Get them the F out. Gone. I don't want to no. know. Coaches, get out of the room. We're having a meeting. We had a meeting in there, guys. It's like Braveheart, man. Run higher, next guy up. Da, da, da. I mean, guys was crying, screaming. That game was over. <laughs> game, we kicked them in the face, knocked Rodney, peed out. We just bullied them. They were huge too. Their whole offensive line was 6'6, 325. They had a big, they were massive. We drilled them in the face. And um but I'll never forget in that game. It was probably my best game of the year, so I like to talk about it. But, um, yeah,
3: that's right.
2: But Alvarez called. We blitzed every play. It was like both linebackers blitz. I'm like, wow. Next <laughs> blitz.
3: <laughs> no we're zone. We're not dropping. We're back. Free- this one.
2: He didn't tell me all week. He had. I had no. We hadn't called these blitzes all year. <laughs> and he didn't tell me about it. Man, I was. We were just shooting. We were gone. Just he's like, go. He's like, just go. Like hey, relentless.
3: Relentless.
2: So anyway, that was awesome. It was a fun year, man.
3: What What do you think? What do you think? Was the the defining piece during that time for you guys that you watching Notre Dame football the last ten years have been missing from what y'all had to what we would have been missing or close to getting to.
2: I think it's a couple. You know, I think it's an attitude, and I you know, I I don't know that I can explain it unless you've lived it just a true belief that you're not going to lose and you won't accept that you're going to lose. I think we had good talent. We had good coaches, you know. Um, But the mindset's a big part of it. Lou was a big game coach. That's all that matters. (laughs) That's all that matters. Cut it right there. That that was, you know, dude, like our leader was telling us how we were going to beat them and why.
3: Yeah, and y'all believed it.
2: Stepped in the, onto the field. That's what he was talking about. First yeah. we'll be best, then we'll be first, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, and he always had this thing, like, we played Michigan. I talked to Bo today. Talk about Bo Schimbechler. I said, Bo, the boys are working hard. Maybe we should take a day off. He goes, nope, coach, I'm not going to do it. We're going to work hard up here in Michigan. It's like, sorry, fellas, I can't give you the day off today. We're going to have to work harder than the boys up there in Michigan. <laughs> Silly shit like that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Lou had, like, this is how we win. <laughs> he had a whole – he had, like, a formula. This is our formula. These are your priorities. This is, you know, he said the same things every day. And, and man, yeah. after a while we were like, maybe we started believing this little guy. And then, you know, and then you win. And by, I'm telling you, by the end of that season – Bro, we once we beat Miami, it was over. We drilled SC. We beat them by like twenty points, and they were good. And then the next game, then we played West Virginia. Well, West Virginia had beaten everybody by like twenty eight points. I mean, they were unreal, yeah. and they had explosive quarterback offense. We freaking sh- knocked Major Harris out in the first quarter. Don, no, Don, we're gonna no, bully man. you. We bullied people. That's what the difference is. Yeah. We bullied people. And we had swagger. Yeah. That swagger.
1: Was, was, I was about to say, we were you guys had three. characters on that team. What's I mean, that? Chris Zorge was a character. Oh, we had – everybody was character. You guys, the knuckleheads, you, Stam, Stonebreaker, you guys were characters. So <laughs> Magala was a character. Character. You had, you had characters on the offensive side of the ball. For you guys to have a meeting and tell the coaches to get out, right before the biggest game of the year, one versus yeah. two, with everything riding on it. And sending.
2: Lou didn't want to send them home, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he didn't.
3: <laughs> I'm sure Lou's he didn't. like, what are y'all doing?
2: Yeah, I've heard all kinds of backstories from the coaches. Now, the funny thing is that a lot of the coaches, you know, they really weren't that much older than us, the the younger guys. And, I, and, and you know, in the last 35 years since I played there, which is – Gary, yeah, I become friends with them, and they love to go back and tell the stories about what Lou was doing behind the scenes when all that was going down. <laughs> but he, you know, he popped his head up and said, "I'm going to do this and that." And behind the scenes, he's like, I don't want to sit in the moment. We got to figure out a way to keep him here. And They're like, Coach, I don't think the players are going to let him stay.
3: Yeah, going <laughs> to let him stay? No.